Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, it's February 12th, it's 2021, and we have 11 NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. We are presented by Monkey Knife Fight. If you guys haven't checked them out, they are the fastest growing single player DFS site out there. You can sign up for, for through our link. Um, it'll be in the description of the podcast. Get a matching 100% bonus up to $50 on your first deposit. I'm joined today by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I mean, I've been better. Frank Mason did not treat me well, as I'm sure half of our listeners are in the same boat as me. Um, just like it's always weird. So in GBPs, at least over on Super Draft, I end up like I'd only make late swaps on the $15 or $15 entry. And so seeing all my teams in the $4 and the $1 that were all in the $15 before I swapped over to Mason are absolutely crushing and so i know for a fact that those light swaps at around um 9 30 eastern time did in fact cost me a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> that's always like um awesome to like feel right like that's just great <laughs> so, yeah um listen i didn't play frank mason but i played dennis smith jr so um same same outcome um different players same outcome um listen we got 11 games we got a lot to talk about here on this slate we got some back-to-backs we got some injury news we're waiting on a lot of stuff um minnesota at charlotte is where we start no total in this game um culver and russell are out and graham is questionable i'm guessing graham being questionable is why we don't have a line um what's your thoughts here on minnesota i mean not a huge fan of anything with cat back in there kind of eats up the Ease of the usage. I mean, even with that Russell in there, like they still got Beasley, still got Edwards, still got Rubio. They still got everyone that's kind of priced how they should be. I mean, it's the same anytime you get a player that's been off for a while, it's a star player and needs a ton of usage. So like Beasley's price tag is not something that I really want to pay 7.1K for on an 11-game slate. Same thing with Edwards, Rubio. I just never really want to play. And all the rest of the guys in here just don't really seem worth it because, again, they're priced up a little bit. Towns, I could see playing in tournaments. I mean, it's not a bad match of going up against Charlotte. Like, not great defensively, not great versus Biggs. And Towns can always get done in any given matchup, especially with that Russell in there to eat up some of the usage. But I'm a little bit worried about his conditioning. I know he played 31 minutes. Yeah. If he's only going to play 31 minutes, yes, he can hit value, but it's very unlikely at 9-3. So I'm just kind of full-on fading Minnesota. The only thing I could possibly see doing is if Graham somehow gets ruled out, if I'm bringing it back with Mello and maybe Zeller, then I could see using Towns. But more than likely, I'm just full-on fading Timberwolves. Yeah, it was encouraging to see Towns um, you know, play that amount um, in his first game back. But overall, 
Um, I'm with you. I don't love Minnesota in this game as a whole. If I'm taking shots on anybody, it's probably like Ricky Rubio, but like he's 6K now. So like I don't see a ton of value there either. So probably going to pass on 11 game slate on Minnesota here. Um, What's your thoughts here on the Charlotte side of things? I mean, the Charlotte side, looking at Lamella Ball's price tag, I mean, if Graham ends up missing, I could still see playing him. I mean, we've seen him put up a triple-double before this year. We've seen him play 32-plus minutes in matchups here and still put up 60. I think at this price tag, he still has a little bit left in him, a little bit of upside, and can absolutely crush in this spot here going up against Minnesota if this game ends up staying close, so... Probably him. I'm not chasing the Rogier game where he goes off 46. Yes, he has a little bit of upside. His price tag is terrible, but it's probably at the point where you're not getting a ton of upside from him and you're not getting, and the downside is actually pretty big. Hayward, a lot of his usage is getting eaten into uh, with Melo out there in the starting lineup. So 7 3, I'm going to pass on him. Bridges, Zeller, PJ Washington are all fine plays, but. If I'm going to play anyone, it's probably going to be Bridges. Put up over 34 on three straight games, priced at 5.8, which isn't a bad price tag when you're getting that production. And then Zeller, I mean, his minutes have been down a bit recently. We were getting 30 minutes out of him every single night, and yes, there's been some blowouts, but I'm not sure I can fully trust it right now. So it's really just Lamella for me if Graham's out. If Graham's in and they go with the starting lineup of Graham, Rogier instead of Mello, uh, then I think that Graham does offer you a little bit of potential with his price tag of 6.3. Yeah, I think, honestly, if Graham plays, I'll probably be off of Charlotte as a whole here. Um, if he sits, I don't mind LaMelo. Um, you know, you talked about Bridges at 5.8K. Those are the guys that I'd probably be looking at um, the most here if we get news that Graham's going to sit. So I think it's just... Really just going to depend on, like, the Graham news when it comes to the Charlotte side of things. Um, You know, outside of that, like, you know, P.J. Washington, let's see the minutes come back and, like, let's see the consistency come back before I think we start targeting him again. But overall, um, this is not, like, my favorite game on the slate. Knicks at Washington facing the Wizards. Nick Lakina is out. Uh, Bradley Beal is out and Thomas Bryan is out. Let's start with the New York side of things. Um, anything that you like here for the Knicks? I mean, we always want to play teams against Washington and we never really want to play New York that much. So it's a weird spot here. I mean, this, this guard rotation is just far, far too, like, no one's getting attendance. I mean, Payton got like 27 in the last game. Rose got 20 quickly got like 17 Burks only got 24 so the guards every single one of them I'm just entirely crossing off for the near future unless there's injuries or huge pricing discrepancy they're all they're all done to me that includes Barrett who only got 27 minutes in the last game only got 19 in the game before that so really it leaves us with one person in a fantastic matchup going up against Washington. Randall still playing 37, 38, 39 minutes every single game that ends up staying close. It's a fantastic match versus Washington. While his price tag is up there a bit, 9.1K in the match versus Washington. And we've seen him go over 50 multiple times in the last six games, and this is a fantastic matchup. Realistically, he has a triple-double upside here. He can crush in this spot. So Randall's the one guy I want to play. I'm, I'm crossing off everyone else from the Knicks. Yeah, like, Randall is, like, I feel like we say this every day, but I feel like he's the one Nick that you can trust and that, like, has the ceiling to 
win you a tournament. Um, you know, Barrett at 6,100 is somewhat interesting. Um, but like, even in a close game, you know, not too long ago, like he, he's still not playing like um, a ton of minutes. So like, it's like, you know, what's going on? I just, I don't know. So I think Randall's really the only guy that you can trust here. Um, and overall, like, you know, you don't even, you don't even love it um, at 9,100, but you, we're going to play a lot of Westbrook. Let's just be honest. We're going to play a lot of Westbrook. So playing a lot of Westbrook, we're definitely going to be looking at somebody to run it back with like um, Randall uh, Washington side. Let's start with Westbrook. Like no Bradley Beal. Like we're playing Westbrook. Yeah, no, pretty much Westbrook without Beal on the floor. 37, 39.7% usage rate. You know what Beal's usage rate is without Westbrook on the floor? The same. The exact same. <laughs> funny. Means he's... funny how all that works out, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's literally the exact same. Means he posted something online and it, he's like, who is this? And immediately I'm like, or what duo is this? I'm like, Beal and Westbrook. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was Beal the entire time. And I look at the true shooting percentage of 46%. I'm like, oh, all right. That, yeah, that's Westbrook. Um, but yeah, Westbrook, close to a 40% usage rate without being on the floor. Pretty much a lock with triple-double. Um, yeah, just hammer Westbrook. I mean, anyone else that you want to end up throwing in, I'm fine with, like, but not overly enthusiastic about it. I mean, Bertans can end up getting a little bit of extra run without being on there and can end up shooting lights out like he, we've seen him do before. But so far this season, which really hasn't happened. Um, Hachimura at 5.7K, like, he's going to play a boatload of minutes. I'm not going to argue with that, but it'd be more of a game stack and bring it back with Randall. So, I mean, you can pick any one of these pieces. None of them are really great options. This, the entirety of this offense is going to be Westbrook. And so if you want to take a shot on anyone else, it's predominantly a game stack thing. I think like, does this, a, is this a game that like ish plays point guard and Westbrook plays the two? I doubt it. I don't know. Um, yeah. I think Westbrook, like just give me the expensive guys from this game. Hope this game stays close. Hope it's really high scoring and just give me Randall and Westbrook. Uh, San Antonio at Atlanta. 228 total here. Um, Atlanta favored by two in this one. LaMarcus Aldridge remains out. Um, Bogdanovich done. Um, Hunter and Rondo remain out for Atlanta. Um, let's start with the San Antonio side of things. Uh, what are we looking at here for the Spurs? And still the same thing. It's the Spurs and they're without Alan May. We know that DeRozan has a massive usage rate. We know that Murray can, has massive upside and massive downside in any given matchup. And we saw him put up 62 and then the same matchup the next day put up 14 and a half points. So like all these guys are kind of in play for tournaments. I think DeRozan's a lot more in play in smaller field tournaments and bigger field tournaments. His price tag of HK is a little bit too cheap without um, LMA in there. Potal had a rough game the second night of back-to-back, but the first game versus Golden State, he put up 36 points in 30 minutes. His price tag of 5.7K, probably a bit too low here, but I mean, it's a decent matchup going up against Atlanta. They're near the, middle of the pack in both uh, pace and defensive efficiency. So, Podal, Kelvin Johnson, who always offers you some upside, especially at 5.8K. Murray, DeRozan, all in play. And then White, I'm a little bit worried about his minutes and the minutes of everyone else, considering that White's probably not going to get a ton of minutes. And the, the two spot is probably going to end up being spread between a few guys. Um, You know, it, it's always like, a matchup against Atlanta. This game should be super solid. Um, you mentioned Podal. You got to kind of throw out that 
second end of the back-to-back against Golden State. Um, the Spurs just kind of got ran out of the gym in that game. I think Jajante Murray, DeRozan, all these guys are worth looks in tournaments. Um, what do you like here for the Atlanta side? I think it was a good spot for Capella. I mean, obviously going up against – he got he didn't get run the other night because, for one, he got into foul trouble. And for two, uh, it, he, he was just getting destroyed by Porzingis. So – I wouldn't really look into that last Dallas game. It's a match versus San Antonio, much better spot for him. Poto's really not a ton that he's going to have to deal with, at least on the off- or on the defensive end here. On the offensive end, he's still got some upside. I know they've been getting kept to around 30 minutes in every single game, but a few of these games have been blowouts. And, like, well, 30 minutes out of Capella at 8.1K, his price tag has just kept going down and down and down. He was 9-4 back when he was playing 35 minutes. So dropping down to 8,100, I really like him in this spot here. I don't think he's going to come in very highly owned. And I think he could crush Trey Young. Any given matchup can absolutely destroy. I mean, he's putting up 20 shot attempts a game. He's getting a double-double nearly every single game. Trey Young at 10K. The problem is, do you really want to pay for him on an eight-game slate? So he's mostly a bring-back guy for me with DeJounte Murray or DeRozan or Potal or any of these guys. And a guy that I'll be using in game stacks. Outside of that, like, Collins at 7.7K. I know he had a big game last night. I know he's had a few decent ones, uh, but at 7.7K, I think his price tag is about where it should. So, again, mostly a guy that I'm using and bring back. Outside of that, Reddish, Gallinari, Herter, with all these guys in here. Like, I know Herter has been doing really well recently, and it's not a bad match going up in San Antonio, but 6K's price tag has kind of reached where it needs to be, even with these other guys out. I don't know if. You're getting a ton of upside there. So it's predominantly Capella is by far my favorite. And then Trey Young and Collins and runbacks. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Capella, definitely my favorite. Trey Young. And then like John Collins is like that guy when you end up in that range, you're like, oh, I guess I'm going to play John Collins today. Like, <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's the only time that like I, I play him. I don't like ever go into a slate like, hey, John Collins is the guy I'm playing today. Um, New Orleans at Dallas, 233.5 total here. Dallas favored by two. Both these teams, full strength, ready to go. Um, what are we looking at here for the Pelicans? Uh, for the Pelicans, I mean, Lonzo's by far my favorite. He's just uh, like, he's, he's, he always offers you upside at his price tag. I mean, no, it's gone up a bit. He's all the way up at 6 7. But put up 43 points in the last game. He's put up 15 real life points in four straight games. It can always contribute a ton in the peripheral stats here. It's a good match versus Dallas, ranking of the bottom in defensive efficiency, right in the middle of the pack in terms of pace. So 6.7K for Lonzo, I think it's too cheap of a price tag. Ingram and Zion, like both them are priced where they should be um, 8 2 and 8K. They always offer a bit of upside, probably more Ingram than Zion recently. Zion's more the guy that'll just get you 40 points and you're happy. Uh, Ingram always offers you a bit of upside. So I'm full on fading Zion, I think. Like he always draws a decent amount of ownership too. It's pretty much ball. Like ball and throw an Ingram if you're bringing it back with Luca, And that's it. I mean, blood to at 5.6K. He'll occasionally get you a 35, 40 point game. But the rest of the time, he's just giving you 15. Adams hasn't shown much upside at all pretty much this entire year. Pretty much maxing out at 3K. Josh Hart, do not do not chase that 53-point game. Like, that's not going to happen again. He played 40 minutes. It was against Houston. Zion and Ingram, I think, both got into foul trouble. So, he, he just played 40 minutes and played out his mind. He got 17 boards. Never going to happen again. 
4.7K is about where he should be priced at. Occasionally give you some upside, but not a guy that I want to use here too often. It's mostly just a bring back occasionally in game stacks. So Lonzo, Lonzo, Lonzo. Yeah, Lonzo would be my main target. I, th- I think Zion and Ingram, they have ceiling, but they're both kind of overpriced. Um, yeah, I, I think overall, like, this would be a spot that, like, I'm probably playing Lonzo. Um, Adams' minutes are all over the place. I know a couple of these games haven't been close. Um, but, yeah, Lonzo is probably my main target from this team. Um, let's talk Dallas. You know, obviously, Luca's there. Um, you know, Porzingis, he's had a couple big games here recently, but I mean, I feel like it's, it's like you're playing Luca or you're, you're probably not playing a lot from Dallas. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to argue with a shot on Porzingis in tournaments. There's always a chance Luca has an off game or Porzingis just has one of his big games or gets hot from shooting, especially from beyond the arc, but not someone I really want to use. Luca is the guy, I mean, 10.9 K still offers you upside New Orleans, it's still pretty far down in terms of pace, uh, but they started so far down and they've been playing at a much higher pace recently, and they're still 26th in defensive efficiency. So Luca has 70, 75 point upside. No arguments with using him here. It's just it's tough to pay on an 11 game slate. Will it, it all depends on what salary savers end up playing, which we'll have no idea because. The Orlando game we have still isn't even finished yet, I don't think, and we have no idea who's going to be playing tomorrow because it's the second end of back-to-back. So, yeah, there could be some value. If so, Luka becomes a fantastic play. If not, it's going to be a little tough to fit him in. Yeah, like Luka, you know, it's it's always going to really be determined by, like, what you're looking at um, as far as value. So, um Moving on, Detroit at Boston. It's back-to-back for both these teams. We don't have any injury news. Um, obviously, Marcus Smart's going to be out. Um, Mason Plumley was out for Detroit um, on Thursday. We'll have to see if he's back. Um, what are we looking at here for Detroit and Boston? I mean, I never have a problem playing Jeremy Grant. I know I had an off night last night, but the game turned into a bit of a blowout, which is a distinct possibility here, too. But it kind of all, like... It kind of depends on Plumlee. Like Wright, Jackson, Grant are all fine plays. They don't stand off as good plays. I'm throwing them in if I'm stacking it up because I need Grant, I need Wright to both play the entire game if I'm going if they're going to end up making values. But this isn't as good of a matchup as it was yesterday. Like Wright is probably priced where he's at, and so is Jeremy Grant. They both got a little bit of a price increase. So both of them I'm kind of not planning on playing. Plumley will make this a little bit more interesting. If Plumley plays, not not playing Detroit. If Plumley doesn't play, then obviously Stewart, even playing the second him to back to back, like he's a guy that just doesn't get a ton of runs. So when he actually does get run, he ends up crushing. Like he does a lot of stuff. He shot nine times in the last game, played 30 minutes, got seven boards, put up 33 fantasy points. If he if Plumley is out again, which he was a late scratch, so I don't I don't have any idea with Plumley. Um, if he's out again, then Stewart probably becomes a de facto shock and probably is worth it. Especially if Blake doesn't end up playing on the second of a back-to-back. If he does, then I don't hate playing him, but I don't think he'll get up to 30 minutes. So not likely a guy that I want to have. It's pretty much just Stewart. Yeah. Like, and obviously to play Stewart, you're, you're going to need, um, like you said, Plumlee to be out again. So, 
we were we were talking about DSJ yesterday. He played 16 minutes. Um, you know, really, I just you know, Stewart obviously would be a good play. Maybe you take a shot on Josh Jackson in tournaments, but overall, I think like Stewart would be the guy, and it's really it. Like you know, you can always take shots on Grant, but I don't even know if this game like stays particularly close. Um, what are we looking at on the Boston side? I mean, it's not bad match versus Detroit, but. Again, I'm more worried about a blowout. Everyone's kind of priced where they should be. I'm not chasing the semi game. Like, I know he had a fantastic night, played 30 minutes, but predominantly he's right around 10, 15 points, even at 3.1K. I don't know if I want to go there. He shot eight for six for eight from behind the arc, eight for 12 from the floor. I don't, like, if he gets the start, I'm not going to argue with it, but I think on the other side, um, what's his name might be a better play. Plus there could be a decent amount of cheap plays that end up opening up in the later game. So if he gets a start again, then sure, go ahead. But I don't know if I really want to. Tatum, Brown, Walker are all kind of pressed where they should be. I'm a little bit worried about Walker on the second end of back-to-back. Um, I don't know if they'll end up playing. So if he's out, then I think that Tatum and Brown are fine, but you're pretty much running it back with Grant or right just because you need that game to stay close for those guys to get a full complement of minutes tice second move back to back 4800 i know put up a good game but priced at where he should be this is a game where i if if kemba ends up sitting then i could see one or two game stacks but mostly i'm going to stay away from this one yeah you know if kemba sits like I don't even know who we end up on, like maybe Pritchard um, at 3,800 because he might get minutes in a, in a game that doesn't stay close. So maybe he's the guy we're looking at in terms Yeah, I kind of forgot about him. I'm surprised he's still 3.8K. I, th- I figured they'd price him up, but you know, he had a decent night last night, played 29 minutes, and they have no reason – he's young. There's no reason not to play him a decent amount of minutes on the second and back-to-back. Um. The Clippers and the Bulls, um, 228 total here. Clippers favored by six and a half. Paul George remains out. Wendell Carter Jr. is doubtful. Dotson, Marketing, and Porter are already ruled out. Um, what do you like here for the Clippers? Kawhi. I mean, without Paul George in there, 9.5K still gives them a pretty decent ceiling and a fantastic floor. Uh, if this game ends up staying close, it's a great matchup versus Chicago. Not a great defensive team, one of the fastest pace teams in the NBA. So Kawhi immediately is a guy that we automatically think of when I think of whenever Paul George is out. But uh, Lou Williams has been getting some decent run in the last few games without Paul George, 29 minutes and 29 minutes, put up 39 each of the last two. He got a price bump up to 5,800. And maybe this is one of the games where Lou Williams just screws me over, but the minute increases there, the extra production is there without George in the game. So, I have no problem playing Lou Williams, even though he is a little bit more expensive than he has been. Serge, Zubak, both of them splitting minutes, not really something I want. Reggie Jackson still priced too high um, since his little stint as a starter. 5.4K, even if he's getting 27, 30 minutes, is not enough for me. Batum is fine. Like, he's going to get minutes, likely. He can put up 30 points, but you're probably not taking down a GPP with Batum. So it's, it's pretty much Lou Williams and Kawhi are the two guys I want. 
Yeah, Lou Williams at 5,800, obviously. Um, a solid play here. And then, like you mentioned, Kawhi. With Paul George off the floor, just uh, a uptick in usage. Great matchup. Um, what, four or five steals in this game against Chicago? Um, we'll see. Chicago Bulls side of things, like – with all these guys out, Zach Levine has been playing really, really solid. Talked about him against New Orleans the other day. Um, continues to just put up a ton of shots each and every night. If you're looking for a little bit of a run back, I think he's kind of the guy. Um, I think Thaddeus Young, and I know Kobe White's having a, coming off of a monster game, but I, I, didn't, I think they're too expensive. Yeah, I, I don't hate the Kobe White. Um, price tag, it's going to kind of depend on ownership. If people are going to be chasing that game, he went eight for seven. He put up eight threes last game. Like he put up 17 shots behind the arc and made eight. Prior to that, I mean, he has, I don't think he's had 10 plus three point attempts all season long. So he's fine. Like the increase in usage is nice and the minutes should be there, especially with all the other injuries. And the increase in usage could kind of stay there, but I'm not expecting him to run that hot. So his price tag of 6.3K is probably probably about right. And so, like I said, it's going to put on over ownership. Zach Levine, been absolutely fantastic recently. Like last four games, averaging over 50 points a game. Has big upside in any given matchup. Love Levine, especially as a run back. Um, outside of that, like Valentine, Williams. Like Thad Young's not going to get more than 30 minutes. Valentine got moved to the bench and – Unless he's going to get 35 plus minutes, his price tag of 5.4k is far too high. If I'm far too high, if I'm bringing it back with any or bringing anyone else in, it would probably be Patrick Williams. But at 5.3k, you're not getting a ton of upside with that. You're pretty much maxing out around 35 points. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. Do you really trust it even at that point? I don't. I don't. I... I guess, like, depending on, like, what the starting lineup looks like, right? Maybe you take shots in tournaments, but overall, I don't, I don't see a, I don't see a, like, clear cut. This guy has a ton of upside path for him. Um, the Thunder and the Nuggets, no total in this game. Um, SGA remains out. Hill is out. Malden's out. Robbie's questionable. Dozier and Harris remain out for Denver. Um, what are we looking at here on the OKC side of things? I mean, not a, ton i know they're gonna play a bunch of minutes like i know roby no one really wants to trust him but like if he's gonna play then i think that he's the one with the most upside but diallo he he's he's 7k like i know he's paid off this price tag for the most part in recent games but this game could end up being a low blowout i don't know about him horford's probably my favorite at 6.7, I think that he's the most likely one to get you tournament value here. I mean, he's been a little bit up and down, um, but 34 minutes in the last two games. If he's going to play that at his price tag, I think there's definitely some upside there. He'd be the main one I want to go with. Basley, probably not a guy one. I know he's played 40 minutes in the last two, but he's 5.9K. Doesn't offer you a ton of upside. Kenrich. Probably going to play 35 minutes if this game stays close. I think that he's fine at 5.1K, but again, his price tag is slowly moving towards where it should be, and there's a decent chance of a blowout here. So Horford, I think, is the one you really want to take a shot on. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, I, I think Diallo is a guy, even at 7K, that 
you know, he's just going to play a ton of minutes, especially if Roby ends up sitting again. Um, Baisley, if Roby sits, you know, you mentioned Horford. Horford's coming off of a monster game and, you know, obviously has a ton of upside um, just with the usage available and then Williams for sure. And then on the Denver side of things, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little skittish to play Jokic in this game just because I'm worried about, um, you know, just – the overall potential blowout. Yeah, no, I mean, if that is a good spot for Joker, it's just, will this game stay close? So I'll play Joker if I'm playing Horford. And that's like one of the few times I've played Diallo over on the other side, like the Joker's in for a game stack MPGA. You can throw in for a game stack Murray, not the worst idea in the world for a game stack outside of that, just fade this game because if Joker plays and then Horford ends up playing 35 minutes and Diallo ends up playing 35 plus minutes, then I think it's not terrible, but I don't expect this game to stay too close. What's we don't have a spread for this game. What do you think it's going to pop in at? Nine and a half. That was going to be my guess. Hey, great minds think alike, right? Yeah. Too, too <laughs> smart guys. Too smart guys here. Milwaukee at Utah, uh, 232 and a half total here. Utah favored by two. Drew and Conley both out here. Uh, what are we looking at here for the Bucks? Middleton, I think, is too underpriced here, 8K. With Giannis, I think you can play. I might slightly prefer Luka. Um, Utah has been a tough matchup. I've obviously played fantastic recently, but you can go with Luka. You can go with – not Luka. You can go with Giannis. You can go with Middleton. You can go with DiVincenzo without Drew Holiday in there. Middleton may have had a rough game the other night, but I still think that he's too underpriced at 8K considering the guy is going to give you at least 45 points in all likelihood without Drew in there if this game stays close and has 60-point upside. Like, he's gotten a double-double in the last two games here. Like, his assist rate goes up drastically without Drew in there. So, he's going to get points. He's going to get dimes going to get a few boards like Middleton is by far my favorite followed by DiVincenzo followed by Giannis but I'm also throwing Giannis in there if I'm bringing it back on the other side because I need this game to stay close from having him in my lineup um yeah you know obviously I think Middleton like you said with um Drew off the floor Middleton's a huge uptick and if this game's going to stay close like these are the types of games we like to play Giannis in um you know Put up 53 fantasy points the first time these two teams met. Coming off of a game where he put up 70 um, against Phoenix in a game that was really close and competitive. So I, I kind of like Giannis today, um, and I don't play him a lot. So I think this is a spot that you can play him. You mentioned um, DiVincenzo. I want to see what opens up like value-wise, right? Like, yeah, he's in play. Like, Forbes is playing minutes too. It's just like I want to see what opens up um, as far as – you know, this stuff goes. Uh, what are we looking at here on the Utah side? Absolutely love Mitchell. Like, with Conley still out, I don't know why more people didn't play him the other night. Um, yeah, with without Conley in there, this game stays close. It's still a fairly fast-paced game. I know that Milwaukee's a good defensive team, but they've been giving up a lot of threes throughout the season here. Mitchell's probably going to run the point. This is going to be a fun game regardless, but Mitchell's too cheap at 8.2K. Like, Last two games, I think he's running at like 36%, 37% usage rate without Conley on the floor. And just this, just gives him a shot for more three-pointers. I love Mitchell. Bogdanovich, Ingles, 
two guys that are good guys to throw in there as a secondary option. I do not want to play Gobert today. Um, I could see him putting a price tag on 11 game slate. I don't think he's the other guy that wants thrown to a stack. So like Ingles and Bogdanovich, they'll still be running the point a little bit. Um, they'll be distributing quite a bit. So both of them are still good plays at the price tag of 5.9, 6.2K. But I, I love Mitchell in this spot. Yeah, I like Mitchell a lot in this spot too. Um, again, like if you're expecting this game to stay close, like where's the production going to come from? Donovan Mitchell has been fantastic here over the last couple of games without Conley. So um, definitely like this, man. Like if you look at Mitchell's last two games without Conley, you know, 62 and 56 fantasy points, but like you start digging into it more, you, you see like the increase in usage and just the ball in his hands a little bit more. So really like Donovan Mitchell here at 8,200 and I think he's a, I think he's actually a little underpriced. Uh, Memphis at LA taking on the Lakers. No total in this game. Um, Bain is out. Clark is out. Triple J's out. Melton's out. Winslow's out. And then the Lakers um, just like every day, AD and LeBron are questionable. What are we looking at here from Memphis? I mean, anytime that Valanciunas might play 30 to 35 minutes, I'll play him. Uh, Morant, I know he hasn't been great since he started back up playing again after the little COVID stint, but he hasn't been shooting the ball that well. Like, he's still been contributing in other areas. He's been one assist away from a double-double in two of the last three games. Like, he's starting to come back into it a little bit. He's taking 15-plus shots, and so – I, I think Morant's a decent play, even in this tough matchup. His price tag is a little bit too low at 7.1, in my opinion. I think that he's a guy more that I want to bring back going up against or bring back with LeBron. But Valanciunas Morant are both pretty good plays. Dylan Brooks, I mean, he's fine as a tournament flyer. He's been putting up a decent amount of shots, 13-plus in each of the last five games. So the volume's been there, and in games that have stayed close, he's – gotten over 30 minutes um so anytime he gets hot from the floor always a guy that can end up playing pretty well kyle allen like he's been putting up decent numbers recently but he's also been shooting the ball really really well in the last game he shot 10 for 14 for the floor before that eight for 13 in his last big game so both those games are just strictly outliers where he absolutely just shot lights out and so not a spot against the Lakers, obviously not a great spot from defense, defensive standpoint. So mostly Morant, Valanciunas, and you can throw any of these extra guys in with Melton out, with Clark out, with Jackson still out. Like you can throw Tillman or any of these cheap guys in at the bottom just because minutes need to be played and there's a lot of injuries right now. Yeah, like – Overall, I think that Valanciunas, like he was, he was crushing the other night, and he had like 32 points at halftime, and ended up with 39. So, um, like Valanciunas a lot here. Gonna continue to play John Morant. I know the big game's coming. He's not killing me anymore. Um, you know, he's so close to having a big game. So, gonna continue to play him. You know, obviously the Lakers are gonna really depend on LeBron and AD. I think they both end up playing in this game though. I wouldn't be surprised if AD ends up sitting again. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure LeBron plays. He's questionable. But AD, I mean, they sat him out the last game. 
It's Achilles. Like, they're going to the playoffs. There's no need to rush him back. Like, why not give him an extra day versus Memphis? So, I mean, it largely just hangs on whether AD ends up playing or not. If AD's in, then not a ton of interest in anyone. LeBron's probably too expensive. AD's probably where he should be. Everyone's just priced how they should be. If AD ends up sitting, then obviously LeBron's in play. I know he had a letdown the other night, but he can still end up crushing this price tag. Um, Kuzma, immediate upgrade. 5.9K is a little bit of a tough price tag to stomach. I know he didn't do great the other night, but he still has 40-point upside. So it all depends on the AD news. If he plays, I'm likely out on everyone except for bringbacks. Um, if he doesn't end up playing, then I think LeBron and Kuz are in play. Maybe even sure. Oh, yeah. Like, you're just going to have to, you know, see what the injury news looks like for the Lakers. If both these guys play, I think LeBron's in play regardless. Um, like, he could potentially be a little lower owned if Anthony Davis does play. So, uh, Cleveland at Portland, 222 and a half total here. Portland favored by four and a half. Um, Dova, Nance, Love out. Portland's on a back to back. They'll be without McCollum, Nurkic. Um, what are we looking at here for Cleveland? I mean, Garland, Sexton. I'm probably staying away from Allen Drummond. Drummond's minutes got just completely slashed the other night. I don't know how much they're going to end up running both of him and Allen together. They cut into each other's minutes. I really can't trust too much, but Sexton and Garland's price tags are way too low in a matchup versus Portland, who's just been terrible on the defensive end. I think this is going to be a closer game because of the fact that Portland is on the second end of back-to-back. We know that they're one of the worst defensive matchups in the NBA, and they run at a decent enough pace that – this is going to be a high-scoring game. We know to target Portland. We know how bad they are. So Garland and Sexton at their price tag, both of them are fantastic plays. Outside of that, like probably not Prince. Like Jetty, probably not going with him. He's been so just been down. So Garland, Sexton, stay away from Drummond. You can play Allen in tournaments if you really want to. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think the guards would be where I would attack this spot. Um, I don't love Drummond in this spot. I know, like, he's a guy that can have big games. So, like, if you're playing, a, you know, 150 teams, you're MMEing, maybe you get a little bit of exposure to him. And then on the Portland side, it's a back-to-back for Portland. Um, the game, I think, is wrapping up. It was tied the last time I checked. Um, yeah, they're winning by two. What are we looking at here on the Portland side? Um, Lillard is always in play. Cantor is always in play. My favorite play is probably Gary Trent Jr. Um, I don't know how he ended up tonight, but still putting up 20 shot attempts a game. Just checking how many minutes everyone ended up playing real quick. Um, yeah, Gary Trent Jr. Didn't do great this last game, but I think he's definitely got some upside. Maybe on the second and back-to-back, we could see Mello play 30 minutes because Cantor played 32, Dame played 36, Gary Trent Jr. played 37. And we'll guess we'll know in a second if this goes into overtime. Uh, but Gary Trent Jr. is probably my favorite play, although Lillard is still a bit too under, a little bit underpriced can get, considering his ceiling at 9,800. So just one of the many spin-ups that are very much in play, but it's predominantly Trent Jr. and Lillard. Yeah, I think like, Lillard would be my favorite, and outside of that, like, 
if one of these guys gets ruled out on the second end of a back-to-back, maybe I have more interest, but Lillard's really the only guy that I like from Portland here. So also something interesting, like second end of a back-to-back, I think Lil has been cleared to play. Um, so potentially we could see him, like someone rest and maybe him get some more run. He's at 3-1. Um, I'll have to look into this more tomorrow, like check out what means and everyone else has to say, check out what, salary is available and what price savings are available but i think little could be interesting i don't expect him to play like he did that one game where he just shot lights out but he's definitely someone who's in play in this spot we finish it out with orlando at sacramento it's a back-to-back for orlando no total in this game um nobody on sacramento on the injury report magic 10 o'clock game ton of injury news that we're going to be waiting on um what are we looking at here for the Orlando Magic? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know if Cole Anthony's going to play. I don't know if Frank Mason's going to play. I don't know if Fournier's going to play. I don't know if Michael Carter-Williams is going to play. Like, the entire guard situation is a mess. Like, if Cole Anthony plays, then I think he's in play. If Cole Anthony doesn't play and Fournier plays, I think Fournier's in play. If all of them play and Fournier plays, I, I think that Fournier's in play. If everyone's out, I think Terrence Ross again becomes – uh, pretty interesting. I know he put up just a pretty good game tonight, but he also shot terribly. Like he was throwing up shots constantly. It's a match versus Sacramento. They're the worst defensive team in the NBA. It's one of the best spots that we look for all the time. Vooch, especially if Fournier and Anthony are both out, even on a second end of back to back, should eat up a ton of the usage and becomes one of the best spend ups on the slate, depending on when we get that information. Enos and Bacon are both fine. I prefer Bacon. He was putting up a decent amount of shots. And didn't play a ton. Okiki could end up playing the point. He's interesting at 3,800, especially on the second of the back-to-back. So essentially what I'm saying is I have no clue because we have no clue who's playing. Pretty much, right? <laughs> like, you know, obviously Vooch is a great play. Um, if everybody's out again, Terrence Ross again, um, James Ennis again. Outside of that, like man it's you're just waiting on news like you're gonna have to adjust to the news like frank mason probably doesn't play he was a groin injury for him um cole anthony is dealing with like a shoulder strain michael carter williams has a foot injury fournier is dealing with a back injury that he had earlier this season like it is a mess um outside of like you know vooch on the king side of things like man i like De'Aaron fox and I know he's had some big games here recently. He's putting up a ton of shots and stuff, but is it just sticker shock or should we be looking at him here at nine K? I definitely don't mind. him. the problem is he's a little bit hit or miss. He's more of a tournament play. And I think he's more interesting to throw in because we likely won't have news early on. And so we could always make those adjustments later on the night. But I think regardless, he's a decent play. I think Orlando has been pretty good again or pretty bad against the ones like, especially with everyone out or potentially everyone out. It can change things around a whole lot, but overall they're not a great defensive team anyways. Like they run at a slightly below average pace. Fox, I think, is in play regardless. Harrison Barnes, I think, is in play. Halliburton's in play. Holmes is in play. Like I like all these guys. I'm done playing Buddy Hyde, even though he's not done terrible recently, but he's still in play for anyone but me. Um, Still putting up 18-plus shot attempts a game. But all these guys are like very much in play if this game ends up staying close. I know second end on a back to back, that's not the most likely thing in the world, but 
this is Sacramento. So it's going to be a high scoring game like this. I might stack this game up multiple different ways and then just kind of move things around. The nice thing is you kind of have swaps going from team to team. Like you can set things up multiple different ways. If Anthony ends up playing and Fournier ends up playing, then you can swap over like Holmes or any of these Halliburton or any of these other guys. And there's kind of bump up salary from someone to someone else. Cause we still have the Portland game. We still have the Lakers game. So you can move things around a whole lot. I'm probably going to stack up each of the last three games and then just switch around my lineup so much because there's so many guys at every single spot. But just the guys on Sacramento, at least, that stand out as good plays. Number one, Fox. Number two, Halbert. Number three, Barnes. Probably number four, Holmes, just because they'll need him out there a decent amount as long as he can stay out of foul trouble, which is, I know, a big if, but he's a five-point. 6K definitely offers you some upside. And then, then Buddy Hyde. Buddy Hyde, your boy. Buddy Hyde. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Um, Daytona 500 weekend, man. Like, super excited for NASCAR. ton of stuff going on. So if you're playing NASCAR this weekend, make sure you check out NASCAR Premium here. Um, that was totally to delay, so I could pull DraftKings back up. Um, favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you got? This is so tough because there's literally like 30 possible plays that you can go with based on who's playing or not playing. I don't really know. I don't really know who to go with right now. I mean, I'll go with Bacon. Let's just go with the assumption that a lot of guys don't play. But if if Fournier is playing and if Cole Anthony is playing, don't play Bacon. I'll just preface it as my pick with that. So don't. Don't talk to me when everyone ends up playing and you're like, you told me to play bacon. Um, I'm going to go with Raul Nato. Uh, we didn't really talk about him much, but he's 4,200. He should play 25 to 30 minutes here with uh, Bradley Beal out. So I'm going to go with him. Why not? He can do it. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? I'll go with Joker. I think this game turns into a blowout real quick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Carl Anthony Towns. I think it's more of just a minutes, like, ceiling yeah. type of thing. So um, I'm going to take him out of there. Favorite 6X play, who do you got? I mean, I'll go with Donovan Mitchell. I got things going to crush today. Yeah, like, this is always, like, super tough when you don't have news. Um, I wish we knew if, like, Kimbo was going to play or not because I would definitely pick, like, Pritchard here. I'm going to go with Kevin Herter. 36 points? Yeah, he can. He, he's going to do it. Um, let's get weird GPP play of the day. I had I had Herter written down as my let's get weird GPP play, by the way. I'm going to go with, uh, with Garland. Is he going to be I like weird? it. No, I, I like that one. Um, man, I don't know. Like my initial thought on let's get weird GPP um, was what I just said. I like Kendrick Williams, but I don't think he'll be low on here. Um, I'm going to go with Gallinari. Uh, I'd be interesting to see what like his, his, his like um, ownership is here. Got increased to 30 minutes last time out. Shot terrible from the field. And I think this Atlanta-San Antonio game is going to be super competitive. 
FYI, you know what the uh, line for the Denver game is? It just, it just nine and a half. Twelve. Oh well, I, I thought you were gonna make us look smart. I mean, we, we weren't that far off. Let's be honest, nine and a half to twelve is not that huge of a difference. Um, game selection. Anything standing out to you on FanDuel or DraftKings today? I'm just gonna keep saying the same thing. There was about twenty k in overlay over on SuperDraft. And I gave a lot of that money back. Yeah, that wasn't good. Why'd you give it back? Uh, actually, oh, I only lost $140. That's not terrible at all. Apparently, I cashed in all the cash lines. $10 single entry series tournament over there on FanDuel. Make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, the NBA Dime. Give me um, favorite over-under against the spread. Anything standing out to you here? Knicks are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that'll pop up a little bit with that Beal. That seems, even in Washington, that seems a little bit low. So, I'm going with them. Yeah, like, I like the over in the Chicago game. That's right. I like the over in the Atlanta game, too. Um, I'll, I'll go with the Chicago game. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Grant? No, no, just just getting ready for bed. There you go. That's gonna wrap it up here for Friday. We'll be back Monday talking some NBA. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Good luck, and we'll see you then. Thank you.